0: Send them messages in
1: Slack, so it's nice actually <laughs> talk face-to-face. Hey, everybody. Welcome to tonight's Late Night Happy Hour. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky going quad box tonight uh, with Jordan Rodriguez and Rich Hammond, the hosts of Eleven Personnel, the 11 Personnel Podcast on The Athletic. Of course, they cover the team for The Athletic, the team being the Rams. Um, and folks, we've got some things to discuss with the Rams because, well, the season is over. And if you've read Jordan's postmortem on the Rams, holy shit, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> that was the most alarming column I've ever. You actually was so alarming, Jordan, that you stopped in the middle of it to acknowledge how alarming it was and try to tell people it was going to be okay, but it was too late at that point. You I was had like, won too many paragraphs.
0: I was writing it, and at a certain point, I stopped, and I was like things are getting pretty dark here. I probably need to take a beat. Rich is such a great edit- editor that he lets me keep my personality in columns like that. So I was like, well, collectively I could feel sort of the dread seeping in, into this yeah. column. And I was like, all right, let me give everyone a quick pep talk here.
1: was Your pep talk was this happened in Carolina where half the team left too.
2: Yeah. That wasn't a pep
1: talk.
0: And now the bills. <laughs>
2: It's like you're in the really? backseat of Reservoir Dogs. Like yeah.
0: you're gonna be okay. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're like two paragraphs away from their moving back to St. Louis. I mean, it was really,
3: you know, the, the 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 Rams are Tim Roth dying in Jordan Rodriguez's arms to, to, to go with Richard Reservoir Dogs. And they're just going, Ooh.
0: <laughs> I was just trying to be straightforward with everybody. I was like, let's just rip this Band-Aid off of what's going to happen over the next couple months. If you guys haven't read the column, those who are tuning in, it covers everything. I've gotten a lot of questions about free agents and all of the, the various little variables and nuances that are going to be happening over the next four or five months. And it covers everything. You may need a drink while you read it. Or something it, very strong. Yeah. If you're one of
1: those dry January people,
0: <laughs> not wait for you until February. <laughs> so,
1: yeah,
0: not for you.
3: Yeah, there, there's a lo- there's a lot happening uh, right now with the Rams. I mean, I get I guess to begin, what you've got a couple days now to think about what happened with, uh, against Green Bay. They end up losing. Green Bay it's- definitely controlled the game. As far as Green Bay's offense goes, how, we'll start with Rich and then go to Jordan. I, how much of what happened is the direct result of Aaron Donald being you know, in and out of that game, more out than in, and you know his effect on the defense? And how much of it is just Green Bay is an incredible offense, and at the end of the day, they, they're likely just a better team than the Rams, period, and the better team ended up winning.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. I mean, Aaron Donald at full strength, it, it's a closer game. But that Green Bay offense, I mean, you, you you put together an offense that's the absolute worst for for the Rams defense, and and that's what you would come up with in terms of uh, a really savvy quarterback who can who can read things. They have, they run the ball well. They had a great offensive line multiple targets. I mean, that's not going to be easy in any scenario, but it it just, it was painful just as a football fan. It was painful to watch that game and see Aaron Donald trying to go out there, uh, you know, playing 50% of the snaps and and the 50% that he did play. He he looked at about 50% of himself out there. It just was not there. I mean, anybody who's watched Aaron Donald, he's not getting that push. He doesn't have that same drive. And it made a big difference to me because you saw what they did against Seattle, it was a basic four-man front. They were getting the pressure just with that because Aaron Donald is such a beast. Uh, and they, it just wasn't the same. They, they weren't able to get that pressure, and they weren't able to, to knock Aaron Rodgers off his game. And that was pretty much it. Everything had to go perfect for them in that game, I thought, for them to have a chance. And, and it was far from perfect.
0: Yeah, I I agree with everything Rich said, and I'm kind of smiling because it's like, I feel like we're doing our podcast, but I can actually see Rich. so I'm having a weird moment. Hi, Rich. This is the face he makes
1: while you're podcasting.
0: Well, I'm trying to look at his art. I don't have any art behind me, so (laughs) I'm trying to look look at his art behind him. 96 96. Rose Bowl, and
2: uh, the other one's Charles White.
0: Yeah, there you go. So I need to to step up my art game here. But... um, But, yeah, I mean, I think it was a combination of factors. The thing about they had to depend on rushing for against Aaron Rodgers and uh, a receiving and tight end core that was so prolific because the Rams, if you can get pressure with four, that means everybody else can be back and help out in coverage. And the way that they rotate their secondary and move their pieces in their secondary around in former defensive coordinator Brandon Staley's um, defense, it it can confuse the quarterback – Maybe not so much Aaron Rodgers, but it it really can present such difficulties in terms of just sheer diagnosis. So if you have all of those guys, you're now no longer able to rush with just four. Now you have to change what you were able to get into in previous games, change the things that really gave Russell Wilson fits. Um, in terms of disguising some of the things and some of the different rotations that they were doing in the defensive backfield and even with their linebackers and extra defensive backs packages. But you can't get into those types of things as much when you know, you're know you not getting that pressure you need up front. Now you have to do certain things up front and add guys. You have to send some blitzes. You have to add a fifth guy at times. And that's just not, you know they, they have been so successful because Aaron Donald is able to get that push, that penetration, and then also rotate along the front. And when you also don't have Aaron Donald rotating along the front of the defensive line, now you're removing a layer that the quarterback has to account for. And I think you kind of see it. You saw that smile that Aaron Rodgers had that classic, like Rodgers smirk that he had um, before one of the plays and he just had it figured out. And this is a defense that hadn't been figured out really all season. And right. he had to figure out because of all of those things that they weren't able to do. And it's not a it's not a flaw to run much of your defense through like the best player to ever do it like it's not that's not a, a flaw it's not the flaw in the Death Star right well it kind of is actually if I think about it it's like, but it's not like it's not like a Aaron bad Arnold's plan. The
1: in this in this analogy are the exhaust port, <laughs> the
0: exhaust the port, the unguarded
1: yeah. exhaust port. I was like, oh you know, no, all to do is shoot right through it.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh no, I just walked myself backwards into a metaphor. Oh God, but. Um, no, but it's really—it really. It really is. I'm gonna waste like...
3: so much time, by the way, and remain <laughs> so distracted for the entirety of this show, just trying to figure out whether or not Aaron Donald is built like the Death Star. Like, it, what were there flaws in what otherwise seems to be this absolute superhuman body, superhuman specimen? Okay. Like the the fact that he actually has rib cartilage that can tear. Like it? Like is I that found considered that to be a disappointing?
4: Fault?
1: Yeah. Like yeah. Is, is that considered my my other problem with this first initial comparison was that I'm like, there's zero percent chance that Aaron Donald can fit into an X-wing fighter into the cockpit of an X-wing
0: fighter. <laughs> no, but he flip- is an X-wing fighter.
1: <laughs> right, he is. He just does this like with his arms and legs. But the flip side is, they actually remember they they had a a big fella who used to fly those things. And what's really sad about it, his name. You remember what his name was in the movie before he blew up?
2: I'll Parkins. know when you say it. I can't remember.
1: His his name was Porkins. That's Porkins. terrible. They named the fat guy Porkins. That
0: That's makes awful. me sad. <laughs> it does.
1: They shouldn't yeah. do that. But,
0: but but you guys get what I'm saying. Like it, it was really, a different it, time. It, yeah. it, <laughs> it really is like it's not a bad plan for your defense this season to run it around and through your two best players who are the two best players in the league at their position, and one is the best player in history. Probably, and we can have debates about that ten years from now. But you know, it, it's it's that's a smart plan because you can do all sorts of things. But nobody ever expects Aaron Donald to to get hurt, and I really felt for him because I did like a really deep study on tearing the tearing of one's rib cartilage, and I talked to a pain management expert. Oh my god, this thing is so painful, and it really it really stunk to see it because it, 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 it looks like it's so it's bad. Horrible. Yeah. I
1: Andy, you remember when I when I had that injury, I popped the rib cartridge. It was a Steve Blake injury, the same injury Steve Blake had a bunch of years no. ago. Earlier.
3: Uh well
0: anyway, I was I didn't care. It would require me
3: to take, take interest in your life, Brian. I think we established a long time ago.
1: No, I know, Can't say it blame you. Not, not a thing. Uh, I, I had a i mean, I was on the shelf for I mean, I couldn't do anything, including like breathing for weeks. And he went yeah. out and tried to play football the next oh, week. Oh,
0: and, and this is the crazy thing that the, the good doctor told me. You have to b- force yourself to breathe in fully, even though it's excruciating pain to breathe in fully. Because if you don't breathe in fully through the course of this injury, aka as you're also on a football field, trying to do some version of a cardio physical sport um, and a contact sport, if you're not breathing through fully, then um, the rib and the lung the way that it can sort of convulse against the, the chest wall, it can give you pneumonia. So he has to breathe through and inflate the lung all the way through because of the way it it, it can, it's like the lung atrophying against the chest wall. This doctor said that the biggest risk of people who get this injury is not immediately breathing through all the way in, especially if there's no break in the rib because it puts you at a higher risk of, of getting pneumonia and it can give you pneumonia. So I was like, there's all these things that this guy had to do. And I'm like, I, I just felt for him. And then he was so upset after the game too. And it just, I really felt for him. All
1: right. You, you, you said something that's going to give that, that I think is giving Rams fans a lot of the sads, which is um, you, you called him uh former defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, I mean, I don't think anybody given all the openings, in in the nfl this year i don't think anybody's surprised that staley got hired it would have been i think more surprising if he didn't what does it mean guys to be replacing staley with presumably raheem morris
2: yeah it's it's i mean jordan you know pointed this out to me so i'm gonna steal it but it's it's a third system (laughs) in three years i mean wade phillips in, in twenty nineteen Staley this year and then Raheem Morris next year. So and again, we don't know we don't know what the off is gonna look like. I mean we we presume hopefully you know things go okay with the with the virus and the protocols and everything like that. They can actually have some form of OTAs, some form of of off season program, but we don't know. Um, so it's it's another off season where you go into somebody news coming in, they have a different mindset, maybe a little bit of a different system. The personnel's not going to be the same. So to me, that's what I look at, and that to me was the the most impressive thing of what Brandon Staley did was he didn't have anything. He did, he installed his whole his whole defense on Zoom or on Microsoft, whatever they use. <laughs> like he didn't he didn't have any in person contact with these guys until July when they showed up for training camp, and he still put together the number one defense uh, in the NFL. So Raheem Morris, maybe he's going to get a little bit more work with these guys. But to me, that's a little bit of the of the scary thing. You don't want to be changing your defense every single year because it's you're, you're, it's not going to work out in the long term.
3: Yeah. This, is, this is actually, I want to ask you about this, Jordan, because you wrote about it. Um, but uh, Craig T, uh, Manami1 is asking the same thing. What, why Why? isn't McVeigh and Snead looking to hire internally? Do yeah. they think others will go with Staley? Because you in particular wrote about if you had your way and a voice in that room, you would have been immediately promoting Aubrey Pleasant, the, the defensive yeah. backs coach, to defensive coordinator. So I guess, A, why? why in your mind would Pleasant have been the most urgent guy to put in that position? And why do you think it didn't happen? Also, why weren't you in hey. the room?
0: <laughs> That's a good question. Still working on that one, but there's a pandemic apparently. But <laughs> um, no, so okay. So, first of all, I, I want to touch on the Raheem Morris uh, impending hire. Things are moving in that direction. So, nothing official yet. But um, yeah, I think the reason why, I mean, he is an outstanding coach, outstanding coach. And he's coached on both sides of the line of scrimmage, which Sean McVeigh seems to trend toward um, because he wants people who can see the field um, very clearly in big picture and then see how all the pieces fit together. And he's very into like mathematical advantages um, and that's how he runs his offense. And so he wants somebody who understands those types of things on offense can do it on the defensive side because you have two of the biggest mathematical advantages of football in Jalen Ramsey, who plays multiple positions, Aaron Donald, who lines up multiple spots, occupies multiple people per snap. So I need to remember to take breaths. So it's <laughs> <You> <laughs> always, get this is when I get going. Rich Rich always knows like this is when I get going and I start pacing around during our podcast. you have
2: rib cartilage issues? <laughs> you, you're gonna be all right. We <laughs> <I> don't want <laughs> you to get pneumonia. Wait, you pace around during the podcast. I, I like know. hold the
0: I like hold the microphone. It's terrible. It's a good thing we don't do these it's things. Like, on is on it video. like you're
2: giving a TED talk?
3: <laughs>
0: no, There's, I just like, get I just around. get I just get really excited about this stuff. You guys know that. Like I just get really amped up about this stuff. So I think that if they wanted to do – and Raheem Morris also has so much background with Sean McVay. They've been on two different staffs together. They basically did, like, their football growing up period together um, on the old Shanahan staff in Washington and a Gruden staff before that in Tampa Bay. So they've, like, been through it together, right? So I think when you have something that you know you're going to install a new system, but also my inclination is to believe that Sean – really wants to get in there and get granular into his offense because it underwhelmed this year. It just flat out did. And part of that, we're going to talk about the quarterback, but some of it was Sean too. And so, you know, in terms of rhythm, play calling, things like that, you you want to make sure he wants to make sure he's really granular. He gave Staley a ton of autonomy over what happened on defense, but it might be one of those things where now he's going to go even deeper into the offensive side of things. And once a guy who's been a head coach, who has coached on both sides of the ball um, to, and who he is like his guy, like to have his guy in the room in every meeting. And that's an interesting thing because I'm interested in learning about um, how the structure will work and all of that, because Sean really wanted to bring Staley in because he wanted someone who would challenge him and disagree with him on certain points and would certainly test him, um, when they finally got the pads on and could go against each other, their, their different offense defense could go against each other in training camp and whatnot. So that whole dynamic is going to be really interesting to me, but I, I'm really surprised that there was less attention than I believe there should have been on internal candidates, because it cannot be understated that guys like Aubrey, Pre- Aub- Aubrey Pleasant. See, I'm getting too excited again. Aubrey pleasant and Eric Henderson, like guys who, who there's no way this off, this defense gets installed virtually. And in two weeks of training camp, if those guys are not just on it, immediate buy-in from players, the the defense is so secondary complex in terms of, again, like how they rotate. And I know we've talked about it a couple of times on this, on this show and how it's like its own solar system. And for Aubrey pleasant to go in and sort of, for the last several years, be able to get this immediate buy-in from players and dealing with some of the most wide-ranging set of personalities on the team and and really, you know, getting guys, connecting with guys. I think he's really special. And so – and same goes for Eric Henderson because it cannot be understated what he's been able to do, not with the Aaron Donalds and the Michael Brockers' but the guys behind them who have to come in now and and try to develop who are usually late-round draft picks – if, if at all draft picks. And so getting those guys kind of working in, in unison. And so that's why I was, I was pretty surprised and am pretty surprised. Um, and that's why I thought, and the other big point too, was I, I wondered if they would maybe have a continuation of Brandon Staley's scheme, but it's kind of clear now because they're not going with an internal hire, like an Aubrey Pleasant who could run that system. Um, it's kind of clear now that they're they're deviating away from from that sort of thing, and I don't know what kind of defense Raheem Morris will run. And he did a hell of a job in Atlanta um, in dire circumstances last season, so I, I'm really impressed with him. But and so this is nothing against him. I'm just you know surprised at how all of this sort of worked out to this point.
3: Rich, if I mean with that in mind, are you expecting guys like Pleasant Henderson to either potentially follow Brandon Staley to the, I guess, the other side of the stadium or heading somewhere else. I mean, because this to me is what's really interesting. Like the idea of if you're not promoting these guys, but at the same time, if they went with Staley, they might, I mean, there's that possibility, I guess, to, towards moving up,
1: what they're
2: actually going to be doing.
1: presumably Raheem Morris is going to want at least some people to bring in for his own staff
2: right but if you if there's a defensive coordinator job opening you you take yeah. it i mean they'd be silly exactly. not to, not to go over there and look at it and that you don't know you don't know how these guys process these things either i mean last year when when wade left you know a lot of people thought maybe joe barry would be kind of the guy to step in there and 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 get that job, and he didn't. And then there was kind of this flirtation that he had with USC, and and maybe you know another job. So you don't know how these guys process it either. I mean, it. I, I don't know if I'm if I'm Aubrey Pleasant. I've heard people talk me up for the last couple of years, like, hey, this guy's a, a future defensive coordinator. He's got what it takes. And then and then my own boss, my own head coach, doesn't you know really give me much of a look, or at least much uh, you know time consideration. I don't know how I process that if I'm him. I it's gonna. I'm sure they'll they'll want to get Raheem Morris uh, in a room or at least on the phone with those guys, and and certainly try to keep them. Uh, but you know, if 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 one of those guys has a chance to move up, I mean, I I think they'd be silly not to do it.
3: By the way, it really seems in retrospect now that when Jalen Ramsey was talking about uh, Brandon Staley and you know the possibility of him getting hired. That this wasn't just mere speculation or anything like <laughs> that. This really sounds like Jalen Ramsey being like, "Yeah, I really enjoyed my time around Brandon Staley. It's over."
0: Yeah, I he, same he same sounded thing. now like he, a guy
3: who knew. I he he helps us thing.
0: out a lot without us really knowing. Like in the moment, Jalen is so good good about that. Like if he's got a big matchup coming up, just some of the subtleties, he'll slide in there because you know every he came in and everyone you know kind of remembered him from. The GQ article and thought he was going to be just going after verbally going after receivers in his press conferences every week, but he doesn't do that. He's not like that. He's very subtle, and he'll throw in little clues and little hints every Friday when we were scheduled to talk to him. And he certainly did so in his exit interview. He he even was generous. He was like, "I give it about a five percent chance <laughs> that he stays." And I was like, "What? What? Does cars going to break down on his way?" Well, to oh, the Jim, where he, should, you know, he shows up <laughs>
1: drunk. You know, it's just one of those things yeah. where, like, you don't wear pants for your Zoom interview, and yeah, like, they ran out of paper d- for right.
0: the contract. Like, yeah, uh, But I actually, it's
1: That's the Chargers. A, that could
0: be a Chargers thing. It's yeah. Chargers
1: thing. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. they had the team doctor give him a physical beforehand, and like, you know, stabbed him in the lung or whatever they did to Tyrod <laughs> Taylor. I mean, right. like, that still yeah. remains one of the strangest. I mean, in, in a that very strange important.
0: 2020
1: yeah. football season, that is still one of the weirdest stories. It just got overwhelmed by the rest of it. But, right. I mean, on the other hand, it got Justin Herbert in the lineup. Um, That's
0: going to be an important decision for Brandon Staley to make, by the way. He's got to bring in probably someone else at that point.
1: A, another team doctor? Oh, Brandon Staley. I was like, <laughs> what's wrong with the Rams team doctor?
0: No, uh, no. The, Reggie Scott's great. No, I'm saying over there, Brandon's got to probably make a decision about
1: Oh, some, I would. some
0: injuries <laughs> and some things. Yeah, I would probably. Uh, quick,
1: interstitial yeah. question before we get off this one uh question for rich the uniform guru what <laughs> color is our new jersey in 2021 uh um, but beyond that rich because i think they'll stay with it what was your favorite of all the blue gold and bone combinations available oh.
2: to to the rams this there year? were so many what were there like eight i think um i i liked the uh I like the uh the bone and and blue which is what they ended up kind of going with there there at the end um the the classic I don't know it's it's hard for me to see the the blue and yellow the blue and gold and and think that it's better than the 80s style you know it looked pretty
1: good it did look pretty good good.
2: but i gotta be honest like i I, having seen it a few times and then i go back through the old like Getty images when i when i work on jordan stories and then i'll I'll eventually (laughs) go back so far enough that i see one from last year and i go oh man that that blue and yellow looks better than this than this blue and yellow but i overall i like the package i like what they did with the with the with the bone and the different varieties that you can use different pants different socks that sort of thing to answer the question i don't know i think it'll be i think they'll go with like a yellow uh top oh that'd be cool yeah because the one that they had last year maybe it was two years ago like the color rush uh jersey it it looked really good like people like that
1: one yeah Yeah, i I like too. I generally don't uh, have opinions on, speaking, on uniforms. Generally speaking, I thought they looked good on TV. How long did it take uh, in your in your experience whether you know the podcast in the comment section or whatever for people to stop bitching about the uniforms? Did it happen?
2: Yeah, I was going to say what <laughs> you, you think it stopped? Like what? no, it's it's uh, no, it's just funny because it's yeah, people the, the bone ones especially are the are the real like third rail because people either absolutely <laughs> love them or hate them, like people think they look really sharp or, or cool, or and people think like they got their they were white jerseys that got washed in dirty water. Like that's that's <laughs> how far the spectrum goes. Like you either love those things or you absolutely hate them.
0: You fog up your mirror there, Brian. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it,
1: now it's blurry, and I just keep making it. It was a little blurry, and I tried to fix it. And now it's getting worse.
0: I'm sorry. Are you erasing it with an eraser? <laughs>
1: That's uh, the only thing I have handy is <laughs> my kids uh, or my like squeegee. All right. Let's get this over with.
0: Oh, good.
3: Yeah. Okay. So there's a great comment, by the way, towards the top of the chat board from Chris Pack, the Ram. Maybe we need to find some controversial tweets from 16 year old golf to terminate his contract. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm both pleased and depending on how you look at it, disappointed to inform you, Chris, I highly doubt those exist. Like <laughs> no matter what you think of Jared Goff as a quarterback, he seems incredibly unlikely to end up somebody who really desperately needs to scrub his like, Twitter account. I'm not even sure he has one. Right. <laughs> like I, I have. You're, this is a
0: good question too.
1: Yeah, I mean, like this is like where the head of a lot of Rams fans are from Jackie Daytona. Uh, Besides Watson, uh, any other QBs they go after via trade or free agency? Yeah, like we're we're already on to let's figure out how to trade for Deshaun Watson, despite the fact the Rams don't have a first round draft pick until twenty ninety (laughs) three. Like, but that's I think where a lot of people are. So let let's 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 just unpack. Jerry Goff was fine I thought against Green Bay. He, he's not the right. reason. But he actually played okay I thought. Um but overall this was a really disappointing season and the um right now gate uh, as we called it after the after the <laughs> loss on Saturday he's our quarterback right now. Right now. Right um, now. Yeah. yeah. Which which only became more explicit the next day when when Sean McVay said everybody's starting position is is up for grabs and under question. So that puts you, Aaron Donald, on notice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are the odds that he's not the starting quarterback next year? Aaron Donald or Jared Goff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the that's same a good thing. question. Like I don't know. I'm just like I haven't seen Aaron Donald take any snaps, but there's always a time to try new things. Um, want to one? Yeah, I think that like I don't want to put odds or percentages on any of this stuff because I think what Sean did on purpose was being intentionally vague so that the Rams can leave their options open. And I was telling Rich on the podcast uh, 11 personnel nice. that <laughs> plug, <laughs> that um,
4: oh do it. You the word
0: is the word is optionality. And I saw it when the Panthers were trying to manufacture a trade behind closed doors for Cam Newton. And, you know, you you just don't know what's going to happen where one party will come out and be intentionally vague about things. And then the quarterback will be very adamant that he would like to be better and stick around. And you've seen that already now on Jared Goff's latest Instagram post where he's promising better days ahead to the fans. And it's like you don't know what's going to happen because there are several scenarios in which this could play out. I think the most likely scenario is yes, you see Jared Goff on the Rams roster in 2021. Financially, that's the most logical scenario um, in terms of the capital that, that that they desperately still need to fill some of these holes from guys that they simply and tragically will not gonna be will not be able to keep. Um, they're going to need to keep some of that draft capital because they have to make sure that they're continuing this model that's really worked for them in terms of plugging around your core pieces and your core contracts and developing up those those players into starting and featured roles. And then um, unfortunately you have to part with them at some point usually, but it's it's like, that's the model they've married to, right? And so that model works. The problem is your quarterback play is either at the mean or devolving under the mean, and it's erratic. And so now they have to figure out how to at least get him. None of
1: those things sound good.
0: <laughs> and they have to figure out how to at least get him at the mean, right? So what you want to do is you don't commit to any sort of plan. You don't commit publicly to anything because you want, first of all, other teams to know in case they're seeking certain scenarios that your options are open and you're sending a message across the bow in that regard because you've said it publicly now instead of sort of scuttling around behind closed doors and you also are, are doubling down on that when given the opportunity to say the opposite. And so what, what I think the, the highest percentage chance, and I don't have a number for it because I'm bad at those, but the, the probability leans toward Jared being on this roster in 2021 in training camp. And, and, but there being enough of a competition to where either he gets salty, stays salty, and outplays John Walford or they bench him again. And that's to me the most Oof. likely scenario. And they, you know, this is not a case where it's a guy who, you know, is, is someone who, you know, the organization is just using a guy like John Walford as a pawn to piss off Jared. it's not the case. They like him. They genuinely really... Yeah,
1: that's a, a, that's a question this from sentence. LA Rams FC. Yeah. Is, is Wolford a he's, gimmick he's, or a real competition?
0: He's not a gimmick. And they're, they're, they've invested in, this, in the fact that if you would like him to compete with your starter, this is a win-win situation for, for them by leaving their options open. It sucks if you're Jared Goff. But if you're also Jared Goff, they want you to say, I'm mad about this and I'm going to go out and play better. And that's what he did in this Green Bay game. And he powered through in the Seattle game. And that was really admirable, what he did. And But keeping him salty in this regard is not a sustainable model for the next two years as they're married to that contract. So if it works, great. Best case scenario is he comes and kicks the doors down in the spring and the summer and understands that plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, a little bit of hot sauce in his britches. Or he... Bridges. Or he... <laughs> He sort of struggles under under the He'll pressure. Head out to
3: the saloon after a but, good game.
0: The turnovers come, and and maybe there's an issue, and th- then you have your decision. So either way, the Rams are sitting in a in a spot where there was no other thing for Sean to say at that moment because they have to keep this optionality it, this this is a win win for them okay
1: andy you had a theory about this we talked yes. about this last night when we yes. were teasing the appearance of the 11 personnel podcast <laughs> on our show uh <laughs> yesterday and andy you have a theory about One. what Sean McVay could have said
3: and and i know from listening to the most recent uh, 11 personnel podcast that rich oh. also has thoughts on this topic as well and and i from rich's perspective i really understand this uh, as somebody that has not been around the Rams as much as Rich over the last few years, but I've certainly been around them the last few years. So we've seen uh, Sean McVay venture into these sort of too cute by half waters. You know, he's the quarterback right now. Like it sounded like he was trying to muffle his own voice at the end. It yeah, like, like, okay, like <laughs> well, it sounded like he was trying to do like a a vocal version of like opposite day or fingers crossed, and like just wasn't
1: very good at it. Yeah, but- I, I, it sounded to me like he just started to say it, and then it was like, "Oh shit, I really shouldn't say that." <laughs> <That's> exactly <laughs> what it was. He my, was
0: too fired up for his own good. It just came out it's <laughs> like for-
1: Jordan Rodriguez doing a podcast.
0: Yes. my, <laughs> so my theory he should have walked around a little bit.
3: <laughs> I just feel like in a situation like this, rather than trying to be cagey to the point where you're just convoluting yourself into some type of fucking pretzel. Like you should just be as straightforward as you can. Yeah. Like you don't have to tell the entire truth, but rather than look like you're trying to avoid telling any truth, right. just tell the truth that you can like, for example, and then I'll, I'll give the floor to rich, but an answer that I would have given in this situation, because you have a lot of time to think about it. Cause you know, you're going to be asked just Jared Goff is our quarterback. Unless somebody else outplays him or we get offered a quarterback in a trade that's better than him, I don't count on anything happening because there aren't a ton of
1: quarterbacks in the league better than him Which is actually true, isn't that just a version of Jared? Jared Goff's our quarterback. No, it isn't.
3: It actually,
0: I feel like I mean, I feel like that's a
1: longer way of saying Jared Goff is our quarterback right now. It actually until something else happens that we like better. No, because (laughs) let
3: me finish. Let me finish. It gets longer. Okay. No. (laughs) Well, no. It's actually it's it's not longer. It's actually shorter than what McVeigh said, and it's much more direct. Just he is our quarterback unless somebody else outplays him or. Got offered a quarterback that's better than him and any team looks to improve. I don't count on either thing happening because there aren't a lot of quarterbacks in the league better than him. And there's nobody on this roster that's proven himself a quarterback more than Jared Goff, Like, which is also true. John Wolford has not proven himself better than Jared Goff. Like it's leaving out elements of truth like Goff's contract or why would anybody give up a better quarterback for him? We don't know who's going to be on the roster that could actually beat him out. But you don't sound like you're actually being evasive and trying to avoid Answering the question, I think you're actually being more straightforward Mm -hmm. in what you can say. But, Rich, as somebody who I know has been down this road before with Sean McVay, (laughs) what are your thoughts on how he answered it? And how do you think you could answer the question? Because,
2: yeah, you know, he's our quarterback right now. (laughs) I'm Team Andy on this one. Yeah, it's uh, to me, it was Todd Gurley 2.0. Yes. I mean, for for the that entire year we stood, you know, and it was evasive answer after evasive answer, no acknowledgement at all that there was any type of knee issue. No, everything's fine. No, I'm just a dumb coach. That's why Todd Gurley I just didn't to
3: play the rain, Take the reigning offensive player of the year for like the last two years just yeah. off the field for no yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, d- d- there's nothing deeper than that. Don't <laughs> don't don't worry about the it. The guy um, that my
3: entire system's been built around. I'm just not gonna play him.
2: And I'll tell you what, guys, I, I even understand that one a little bit mo- more because there's a competitive advantage situation sure. there during a season like you don't you're not going to come out and say, yeah, Todd Gurley's knees messed up this week. I don't think he's going to be good for more than 10 carries. Like, I I understand that part of it. I still think you can be I still think you could have been more honest about the situation. Um, however, in this case, there's no competitive advantage. The season is over. You are. You are just you're in the off season there, you don't need to fool your next opponent about who your quarterback is going to be like i like what you said andy the the thing that i said on the podcast i'd even i would even take it a step farther because what i would say is something along the lines of look jared has done amazing things for this organization he took us to the super bowl uh he's you know led us to 10 wins three of the last four years however we're, there's something wrong. Something's broken right now. We're not on the same page. We have to take this off season and and evaluate everything and and see what's wrong and see if it can be fixed. Like, come, just say what you want to yes, say. Exactly. <laughs> there's no, to to sit there and say oh, we're going to evaluate every position. No, you're not. You're not. You're not going to evaluate Aaron Donald. You're not going to evaluate Jalen Ramsey. You are. It's just, not, you, you
1: it's just not. You can. It's just not going to take. Very <laughs> I mean, the, long. Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly, the evaluation yeah. is, dude's awesome. Got it. Guys, good. how do we What's
2: feel about Still Aaron?
4: Good. Good? Still good? Okay.
1: Let's move along <laughs>
2: to the next bottom line. Here we but go. It, it's trying to tamp down a controversy that's already a controversy. Like people are already talking about this. You're not going to put the fire out. Like you might as well just manage it the best that you can rather than just being like, Oh well every position. Yeah. It's not just about the quarterback.
1: I, I understand the inelegance of the we're going to evaluate every position, which is just coaching horseshit. Yeah. And, you know, but but I think Jordan agrees with me. And do not correct me if you don't, Jordan, that what <laughs> what you guys are talking about is essentially just a version of He's our quarterback right now <laughs> like no, until it, something better, better comes better. you
3: sound less like you're trying to avoid the question i think what matters is how you answer it, not it, it is what a, no, it is a
1: better answer it is a it is a fuller answer it's also not the answer you're gonna get you know even you know certainly not the day of the game Wait. or even the day after I think yeah, just you know he's had he's had an entire season to think about this question. He's I'm
3: been not sure he ever,
1: every, I don't know if he ever asked him. every
3: week. He's been asked about this every
1: week with I'm Jerry. I'm surprised Goff. he wasn't asked. Out of uh, have the, I want to go back to this question because I thought it was an interesting one. Not um, because of whether or not it's not so much whether or not it's actually true, uh, but the question from Rh3la is: Golf holding McVeigh back? I'd be interested in your answer, guys, but also I'm really curious if you think Sean McVay thinks the answer to that question is yes. It doesn't so
0: okay. All right. I want to go back to what Rich was saying a minute ago because like you guys gotta see our Slack channel sometime. I mean really it's great. Okay. This question, I think the the premise of that question, it literally only depends on whether McVeigh thinks the answer to that question is yes. So the question is not, is Jared Goff holding Sean McVeigh back? It's actually from his reframed specifically in his perspective, does Sean McVeigh believe that Jared Goff is holding him back? So I can't say this, whether he is or not. I don't have an answer to this question, but and it's a great foundation for Question RH3LA. I think that it's a, the, the question of, of this tenure, of this marriage between the two. But the real question in terms of how this decision is ultimately going to be made is not based on whatever, however we move the goalposts of the answer and the statistics and the you know quarterback wins, the a stat and like all of these different things. And then however we reframe it, it doesn't matter because the real person who is deciding this, whether Jared Goff is holding Sean McVay back is Sean McVay. And only he knows the answer to that question. And I do want to go back really quick to what you guys were saying about competitive advantages. I actually disagree that it's not a competitive advantage, but not in the sense that what we normally think about in terms of gamesmanship and smoke screens and all the like, haha, ha, like twice to be starting. You know, like it's not, it's not like that. It's a competitive advantage between Sean and Jared. This Hmm. is a competitive advantage that Sean is enforcing upon Jared.
1: That's interesting.
0: That's, that's what I, that's what I think. And also it's a competitive advantage in terms of every move that you may or may not make in the off season is now on the table. If you come out and say something definitive, you're canceling one move. And if you do the opposite, you're a liar. But I mean, are you really You lying? could argue, you could argue I mean, either way.
3: I mean, look, we have all been around this long enough and the athletes and the GMs and the execs and everybody involved have been around all of this long enough to know everybody is always lying to some degree. I mean, it, it's it's an it's an industry and bi- business of lying and liars. The Rich so, has been lying for 40 minutes
1: tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But not, okay, okay, I will say though, I will say because if if he were if he weren't in that stage of saying what he said first of all and then doubling down on it, that's not just a message to the fan. That's a message to every single player you already have on your roster. He's not just speaking to us in the media. He's also talking to every single person in his locker room about what his actual messaging is. And if you come out and you say, And you declare not just to the media and to the public but also technically to all of the players that you're trying to manage and and all the personalities that you're around and trying to continue this ecosystem if you say to them and i i saw this happen in carolina if you say to them i'm really excited this is this is what was said in carolina i'm really excited as as the new coach comes in i'm really excited to coach cam newton and then they get rid of him and that fractured Things that cannot be repaired easily. And that's something that players remember and players take note of. So if you come out and you say, Jared Goff's our quarterback, as long as, you know, Jared Goff's our starting quarterback next season, not only are you removing some of your optionality, but you also are now walking that tightrope of, now I'm, I like to tell my players that this, like, I am there for my players, I am their guy. And if I come out and say something and do the opposite, then I'm fracturing that reputation that I have. What Whatever we think doesn't matter.
3: No, no. I agree that whatever we think doesn't matter. But I <laughs> I, I just feel Present like... the company he, excluded. Right. I mean, obviously <laughs> what you would imagine yeah, <laughs> matters in some things. Maybe it not this. Really, really. really what I'm saying is that what I think never really matters. <laughs> I, I, I've had a long time to reach this conclusion. But it's more... I, I, I understand what you're talking about. And, and public messaging does matter to some point. But I also feel like the nobody is taking blood oaths. You know what I mean? When, when they're talking with the media or talking about this stuff publicly. And Jared knows how he played this season. Mm-hmm. And he knows that if there was a way to replace him with a better quarterback, they'd do it because they're not stupid. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? So like, I, I feel like it's one thing. I think McVeigh has to be careful about criticizing Goff in ways that seemed like okay you're you're out of bounds with the way you're talking about this or doing it in ways that could potentially lose a locker room but it's it's another thing to not make him I guess like to present him as untouchable and then he somehow ends up traded or cut or whatever I mean the there I mean there's some there is But I don't think
0: there. you can present him as untouchable anyway and you saw this all season when when and and I think that that was kind of a way of going into the gray area, what he said. I mean, I listen, I don't like being lied to ever. And I certainly it certainly makes my job harder when I'm trying to figure out what the hell's actually going on. And I'm told one thing and but also more exciting. Yeah. I mean it's never it's never boring. I mean, God, I have I'm the luckiest person on earth, honestly. So it's there's no complaining here. But it really is, is so interesting because you can't sit there. If you don't criticize him after the three turnover game against San Francisco and say our quarterback has to take better care of the football, what, that, that does, what does that do to your locker room? That sends a message that you could play like ass and I still won't criticize you if you're of a certain standing instead of me telling you behind the scenes that we're all equal, we not me. That, count, that runs directly counter to that. So by also not coming something. up, yeah. by not coming up absolutely. and saying, by not coming up and saying at the end of the season, we're not moving this guy no matter what. He's our quarterback. Yeah, there's things, You know, sure. I think he could have said a deeper evaluation of we know we need to get better at that position. I think absolutely he could have said that. And I, I'm probably playing a little devil's advocate here, but but really. You can't have a locker room full of some, of some of the best players in the world and some players who are really working their tails off every single day and and in a professional sport where everybody's money is on the line and playoff checks are on the line and and All of these different things and come up and treat one guy like he's untouchable that, exactly. when he's had that, a sub part season. That's I,
3: why I think you don't have to be as convoluted in talking about golf in this situation. Like I, I that's exactly I, I what think, I'm getting I, at.
1: But I think I think ultimately he conveyed what needed to be conveyed, which was I'm not happy with our quarterback situation, and either our quarterback needs to get better or something is gonna have to change, even while understanding that um. The actual ability to change these things is severely limited. Yeah, for, um, for next year, really quick.
3: That I, this has inter- been
0: part of it too. Yeah. This
1: is an interesting question from uh, LA
3: Rams FC. I want to direct it to Rich to play devil's advocate for golf, Should any blame be directed at
2: McVeigh's questionable play calls? Yeah. <sighs> Uh, during at times, um, I mean, during games, I, I, I don't think the structure of the offense was was bad or held Jared back. I mean, at, at times, I think there's baffling play calls during the game. You know, I mean, Jordan mentioned early in the you know, the the the, the protection sometimes, you know, no, no nothing in the backfield, you know, zero sets where he's just back there. And, you know, he doesn't deal with the pressure well <laughs> as it is. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, put, Wait, say zero on. sets again. What's that? Say zero sets again. Zero sets.
1: <laughs> is that
2: is it? No, I'm I just not. I want to see that happen again. <laughs> but so at times, yeah, like the, there's there's stuff like that. I I don't think like the the design of the offense was holding Jared back. I mean, I think in Sean's mind, he was he was doing that to help jared like he he thought he was designing the offense that would simplify things and and help jared but yeah I, I think the i think the play calling at times holds the whole offense back i don't think it's necessarily just jared and and what he can do i i, I tweet about it like six times a game like <laughs> well, add, add. that's why
3: i specifically wanted you to talk about that
2: yeah so i i'm not a fan sometimes uh, but uh, you know I, I think that would be any quarterback i don't necessarily think that's just jared yeah, and it's it's it is it is a it's so
1: hard. Like every every time you see some of these play calls, sometimes they're bad play calls. Sometimes somebody screws something up along the way. Sometimes it's you know somebody on the defense does something unexpected. You know when you know uh, Williams returns that screen pass it was like, what was it like eight hundred. You know wide receiver screens were thrown this year, none of which were intercepted until that's that amazing.
0: play. I, mean, I that's was, like one of my favorite plays of the year. You, so you dug sure that up, right, far. Jordan? Yeah, I was like, it was so freaking smart. Like five years. <laughs> it's
1: just. Like that, that It literally never happens. And everybody's like, um, oh my God, what a horse shit play call that was. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was no, not at was least if you're worried about that.
0: That was such a smart play call by the Seahawks because they were trying, th- like like we knew that they would and like Jalen knew that they would. And and like I said, like very subtly hinted, hinted to us that this is what he knew they were going to do. Listen, if you have the number one corner in the league saying he knows what your game plan is going to be before the game, and you also know that these guys are pattern matching in practice, maybe don't run that game plan. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, is it so like the chess match all year with this guy has been great, but that was um, just remarkable. That was like one of my favorite plays of the season right there.
1: Continuing on the uh, Jordan Rodrigue Doomsday train of of 2021.
0: <laughs>
2: That's our um, new podcast game, by the way.
1: Right. Yeah. Basically, Jordan's, Jordan's whole postseason analysis was basically Snowpiercer.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> good reference.
1: Yeah. Um, so great. movie. It is.
3: We
0: get and, it. You watch smart films. I do.
3: <laughs> you Snowpiercer titles. is a great combination of really smart, but tons and tons of action. Yeah, like it, like it's actually a, like it's like a popcorn film masquerading as this high art aspiration movie. Yeah, so like, I
0: loved it. I loved it. Oh, it's it. awesome. Yeah,
3: it's fantastic.
1: So you gave a list, uh Jordan, of of some of the players who might be leaving, um, and people can decide whether or not they played a significant role in the team this year or not. Uh, John Johnson, uh, Andrew Whitworth. <laughs>
0: No, Troy, he's not on He's not on the list of free you know, agents. Don't no, put him on in the this list spot. of people
1: who might not be back.
0: We'll see. That's, don't put him on the list. I didn't say
1: he was gone. I said might not be
0: back. Nobody's so, going to read the column now. You, Everyone's just going to think that I'm just. No, they won't possibly believe you could
1: have crammed that much disaster oh. into like, <laughs> like 1,500 words. They'll want to say. Jordan, me. they love you too much. They're going to read no matter what. That's oh, true. I hope uh, so. Troy Hill. Uh, Leonard Pink Floyd, Austin Blythe, um, who else? I mean, that's like, like you can start going down the list of, of Malcolm Brown, I think was on there. But it's a little less significant. there are a lot of people who might be gone. So two pronged question, two prongs. <laughs> Who do you think they're most likely to lose? And assuming all of these good players go, and Floyd and all these people, Floyd who partially seemed to come here so that he could play for a year, play really well, and then go make more money somewhere else. Be this year's Dante Fowler. Exactly. How how much flexibility, money, and all that stuff will the Rams have available to replace these players? Because as I mentioned, they don't have a first-round pick until 2096.
0: Well, in the secondary, uh, Aside, I would argue, aside from Troy, because Troy's versatility really is going to be something that they need. Um, so the, if, if he goes in free agency and, and really, I think he likes it in L.A. And, and I think that, you know, especially the picks and the the scoring plays that he had at the end of the season really boosted his opportunity for, for a good paycheck. Um, but his, you know, he's from the area. He grew up in Ventura. He's from the area like he he likes it here. So I think that there's a little bit more flexibility in bringing him back on something really friendly. However, Brandon Staley loves this guy and also John Johnson and also Leonard Floyd. And so I think now not just cap issues which they have in in spades here, but you're also factoring in that you have a coach across town who really wants good communicators and versatile players in his defense, even though he's got a stacked defense to, to work with, you also still need to bring in like your guys and you need to bring in guys who are going to help with the buy-in. Leonard Floyd um, was a huge part of that here, um, had an amazing season, loves playing for, for Brandon. And you know, the chargers, have pro- I think, right? Rich, they've got more money to work with than, than the usual rich, rich edits our chargers yeah. guy too. And um, you know, they're so they're not in the same limitations here. But on the other hand, Leonard Floyd also knows that you get to play next to Aaron Donald, you're gonna put up these amazing numbers. And of course, this is not to take any um of the shine off of his own effort because it's been remarkable to watch, but it, it just is a great place to play if you're an edge rusher. So, you know, you you factor all those things in. Um I had a lot of people ask me about like a uh, a franchise tag for John Johnson, and no, I don't think that's on the table um, because the the safety market is um, is so strange and it's it's very very top heavy um, with a couple of players, and then it completely bottoms out. So the Rams are not going to want to franchise a guy who nobody's really sure if he's going to be up top or if he's going to be in the pool of people um, who are trying to kind of catch the wave of the market at the right time. And, and so that's, that would be a risk that they probably would not take. Um, and they also, unfortunately, cause John Johnson's great. He's awesome. But they also drafted um, heavily at the position. Um, Terrell Burgess and Jordan Fuller. Uh, Jordan Fuller is probably going to keep his, his normal sort of, I, I don't really know what Raheem Morris is going to come in and run, but Jordan Fuller played really well in sort of that mm-hmm. center field role. Um, and then Terrell Burgess was sort of the heir apparent of the guy who's going to come in and be expected to sort of direct the defense from, from back in the defensive backfield. And, you know, Taylor Rapp is also still on the roster and, and, you know, was playing well before he got hurt. So it's, it's just very, it's going to be very fluid and I would much more envision them, um developing guys that they already have. And then they've got to draft well at edge rusher and they've got to probably bring in another edge rusher because they're desperately thin if they lose Leonard Floyd and Terrell Lewis has the, you know, sort of the injuries that keep popping up. So those are the two positions where I don't think that they're going to keep those guys, Troy Hill, they might be able to keep, but those other two guys, I don't see them being able to keep them unless something really fortuitous happens. And you just never know something, something could happen. Guys could get restructured. Uh, there could be any sort of scenario that happens, right? Um, but it also, you know, is your at this time of year, agents are all looking at where the where the coaches go, where the assistants go, and how can I increase my financial standing because I know that that coach really, really values me, um, and I'm not sure what the new system is going to be coming in.
2: Yeah, I, I think in terms of John Johnson, they kind of cast their lot when they when they re-signed Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I think they looked at what they had and were like, okay, we're not going to be able to keep all these guys. You know, who who are we going to prioritize or who can we keep? That sort of thing. And the Rams, like you look back, they really haven't paid to keep safeties. It's it's really been a revolving door there over the last really during the whole less neat era. I mean, going back to Rodney McLeod and, uh, you know, they let TJ McDonald walk. They let LaMarcus Joyner walk. I mean, they, they have not really invested a lot of money because they've drafted really well at that position. I mean, right. All these guys who have come in, um, I, I think. Right. Including
1: like, John Johnson.
2: It's including you know. got at the top of the list, John Johnson. Yeah. So I, I think they feel pretty confident. in in their ability to do that and with some of the guys that Jordan just mentioned, I think Leonard Floyd's the hardest guy to replace. Like Jordan said, they've got to be able to hit on one of those guys uh, in the draft and you know, yeah, you play along there alongside Aaron Donald makes you look pretty good, but you know, Dante Fowler got his paycheck and I would expect Leonard Floyd to, to ring every dollar out of the free agent market. And I would, I would encourage him to do so get, get your money when you can.
0: Yeah. All right, the- you know, I have heard a couple of interesting things too, just chatter around the league that like because the cap is dipping so heavily because of um the financial loss that the league took, there's there's some wondering or um a little bit of uh speculation seeing if maybe some guys are going to be okay with taking another one-year deal. Or some guys will take a one-year deal either to stay where they're at in a system that they know because they don't know what the lay of the land is going to look like. We probably won't know well into the spring what it's go- what the league's going to look like next year. And maybe they take a one-year deal that's like, you know, maybe bonus heavy so you can prorate some of it backwards or whatever. And and then you stay one year and then you get the extension the year after. And But there's also a risk that comes into play there because what if you get hurt or what if something happens, um, where you're not, you know, playing at the same it's level. Like baseball. So,
1: what are the odds of that happening?
0: So, <laughs> it, To me, that's going to be really an interesting situation to watch because you could see some guys who are like, all right, I'll take something a little more team friendly this year and you can give me a, a nice juicy bonus. Um, and I'll stick around for one season, but this is my, I- I'm getting an extension after this year because, if they're guessing that the league will then reflate, right. yeah,
1: mm, bonus. All right, uh, <laughs> the
3: last question I've got for you guys about the Rams before we get to the uh highly anticipated and highly promised bird talk Right. you thought um, we'd forgotten because we hadn't said anything
1: for the entire yeah. podcast about birds. You thought
3: maybe we weren't going to th- get there. I,
0: I yeah. really blame no, Rick. Yeah, <laughs>
1: we're gonna get there, we're gonna get there. It's coming,
3: um, but. Cam Akers had a really good game against the Packers in that loss. And I thought it was interesting that Andrew Whitworth, who Jordan has emphasized, we do not know if he's done or not, but she did not put him in that bucket. Please don't confuse her writing uh, or the points that she was making, but uh, that, that he thought that Cam Akers was going to be one of the Rams team leaders sooner rather than later. And I, I thought this this was really interesting to say about a rookie. And I, I was curious about your guys' impression of him this season uh, along those lines, like why Whitworth would think that and also the impact for the Rams if he's
2: already prepared for that type of role. I remember just to kick it off. I mean, uh, Jordan can speak much more eloquently to this season, but I remember when he got drafted, and we were on the the Zoom calls of how awkward that was, but the, I remember talking to him then, and, and that guy was fired up. Like I remember talking to him, thinking this guy would get on the field right now if he could and and play. Like he was ready to go, and that that impressed me right away. He wasn't wasn't like he was overwhelmed or he was celebrating or anything. Like he was he was focused and he was ready to go. And I thought there, there's something here. They, they, there's something to this guy. And uh, yeah, that's it's a great. You know, he didn't have a, a whole lot of playing time this year. Uh, and and for him to impress Andrew Whitworth like that and right. impress his teammates I mean, like that, that's big.
3: Well, I mean, especially Whitworth. I mean, that, that guy is as good a leader as there is in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he is renowned for, and I know like the time I've been in their locker room, he's incredibly impressive. Yeah. So yeah. hearing that from him means something.
0: Yeah, it's, it's huge. And, you know, he's, he's doubled down on it too. He's, he, he's mentioned this a couple of times. Um, you know, I think Rich could speak pretty well to like watching the sort of growth and maturation of, of a Todd Gurley and how he becomes a feature part of an offense. And I think that um, Cam Akers is, is well on that same track. I don't know um, what the distribution of, of touches is going to be between him and likely Daryl Henderson um, next year. But I mean, I wouldn't think that they would be opposed to having a lead back situation with with Cam Akers, considering what he's shown. Um, and, and like it's it's just all the little things, too. Like he started he fumbled a couple of times. So he started carrying a football around with him everywhere he went. Um, he's just a delight to speak with, like just a joy to speak with, like just radiates out of him. And and then you see how he interacts between snaps where he's talking his teammates up and he's talking everybody up and like chattering and chattering and just really like not really talking smack as much as it's really just like, yeah, we're, you know, go watch his mic'd up. He's like really fired up and like keeps everybody up, keeps everybody's energy up. You don't, you you don't see that a lot from a rookie. They're usually like, Oh my God. Okay. Next one. Okay. (laughs) Like, and he, he's really like, he really finds himself out there. And I think that's probably what has impressed Andrew Whitworth so much is because. Andrew Whitworth found himself years ago, and he's just like he—he he lives and breathes on a football field. And as it's basically the game slows down for him, and you can sort of start to really see, um, you know, who's special in, in between those snaps and those moments.
3: Uh, we've we've got a, a, I guess, a great entry point um, into the uh, capper of this conversation from D.N. Stern. Nineteen. What bird would you compare Cam Akers to? <laughs>
0: I wouldn't because Cam Akers is wonderful. So I would not compare <laughs> him. Cam Akers is wonderful. So I'm not gonna I, I won't I not i would not go there.
3: Okay. So Rich, how did how did this discovery of Jordan's <laughs> Jordan's uh, issues and aversion and, and phobia of birds come about? Like when did you realize that that this was your uh, partner in crimes deal?
2: Yeah, it was the it was the first thing she mentioned in our very first phone call. Um, <laughs> during point. the interview <laughs> process. Yeah, I mean it, it just came up right away. Like
0: it,
1: it I, speaks I, to her her class uh, as a person. It's important to be forthright when you're interviewing and I here so. are all
0: my negative qualities.
1: <laughs> I, <thought laughs> so. I just sometimes I'm just I just work too hard.
2: Right. I honestly don't remember, Too much. Of a professional, Jordan, <laughs> I, it came up in Slack.
0: Yeah, I'll probably tell you, with I'll our tell you.
2: podcast producer Danielle, but I, I do not remember the context.
0: I'll tell you what happened. I said okay. uh, I texted you at, at in training camp. Oh, right. right. I said um, a giant sure. freaking hawk just flew right over me, and you were like, "Oh, that's Wilson." Like it was not a big deal.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the hawk who hangs out at practice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's when I guess that's when I found out that. Uh, Jordan is not a fan of the birds, Um, but I don't know how you guys found out. I didn't. Of of birds (laughs) or
4: rubber. (laughs) That came from another source.
1: This is
0: egregious.
4: Yeah.
1: So this like, is actually a good question. somebody asked the question um you know we were saying like you guys should be able to be the the guest falconers at an LAFC game. Jordan, Ooh. would you do that? Would you would you do that and how do you think the falcon would react if you tried?
0: Um as you said that I started sweating. I
3: <laughs> mean, <laughs> you know, th- this is a trained falcon. You know, like th- yeah. this is this is a falcon that re- I probably knows how to handle um somebody like you jordan
0: but they it, know they know that like when you're not prepared they can sense it like they're smart animals they they can sense when you're no,
1: they're, they're not actually bird brain <laughs> yeah in Here's a good place. question from our friend the Nathan Mark who lives in New Zealand, hence the meters as opposed to yards. Uh, his how many meters is, I'm gonna have to is, do
0: the conversion chart real quick in my chat.
1: Pretend they're yards, it's <laughs> close enough. But how many, how many, uh, how many meters is too close for a bird?
0: Oh uh, it's okay if I'm in my house and I see one land on my porch railing from through the window. <laughs> I'm fine with that.
3: If That's you okay. go outside, do you try to get the bird off the porch? Like, do you, do you scare you, it? Do you create noise?
0: I'll tell you where I'm at. So I have rediscovered the fact that crows in Southern California are massive, um, and Ooh. especially the ones that hang out in, like, grocery store parking lots. So, I have on multiple occasions. Like,
1: like ne'er do wells? Like, what are you, what
3: are you...
0: no, no, because, like, there's <laughs> like
1: panhandlers. <laughs> no, like,
0: like, food gets dropped. And so they know, and the, there's trash cans with food in them. And so, like, they know that there's food. So, it's very you're wasteful to just
1: leave the grocery store and throw your food away.
0: <laughs> if a bird was chasing me, I might leave it. Like, so I have actually on multiple occasions, I've gone to the grocery store, parked, in an empty spot and then you know there's because everyone's trying to time their grocery store runs it's not usually a full parking lot when there has on two occasions there have been empty parking spaces but there have been crows like picking at like someone's mcdonald's or whatever is in the parking space
1: (laughs) carcass dead (laughs) bodies
0: lifeless carcass (laughs) in the parking lot no like
1: their most recent victim
0: and like i'll park and i'll really the, on these two occasions they are massive, massive mm-hmm. and I'm like there there's no avoiding this so I will go and I'll repark somewhere else <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> well, people think people think uh, that former uh, Rams beat writer Vinny Bonsignor just went to Vegas no, he was uh, actually eaten by crows yeah so that was <laughs> to you know, tell uh, Jordan that yeah,
2: yeah. Um, How do you feel about owls? Do owls <laughs> bother you?
0: How do you
1: feel about owls? I've owl? never,
0: you know, Rich, I've never considered the owl.
1: Well, that probably means they don't like I you mean, either. Could maybe an owl be a nice uh gateway bird
3: for you like yeah, in terms maybe. of
1: helping your relationship with the species. Yeah. Genuinely stupid animals the owl. Um, I don't know how they got to be wise. I would like to play a game with you, Jordan. Uh, with, oh, no. with all this information that we have right now, I would like to play a game called Rate That Bird. Um, <laughs> and, I, and what this is, is I want you to rate these birds on a scale of one to 10 in terms of scariness, okay? Okay. So I'm going to show you a picture of a bird and I just want you to like snap judgment. How scary is this bird? Ooh. Jeez. <laughs> it's an intense bird.
0: You blew him up on the screen too. He's like staring into my soul. Oh,
1: he is. <laughs> coming after you.
0: Scariness, uh, is this like what a golden eagle or something? I, I,
1: I don't noble. know, <laughs> don't, Listen, don't overthink it, Jordan.
0: He looks noble. I don't want to insult him because they'll know. So, <laughs> I'll give him an, eight, an eight, right? eight out of
1: ten. Okay, here yeah. we go. Moving on. <laughs> oh,
0: is that a, that's there you not, go. That's see, an owl? He, that's an owl. He's staring at me too. Mm-hmm. God, uh, six. Okay. Eight.
3: Jor, I'm going to give you a little uh, tip, by the way. In photos, the eyes are always staring at you. Like, just, just so you know, like any still photography, the eyes will always, like that guy, he's looking he's right at you.
0: He's not looking at me. He's looking at Tucker. Bill. He's, he's looking actually at looking te- at
1: me, technically. Those yeah. things
0: are huge. I've heard about those. Those are massive. Pointy,
1: look at that pointy beak. What those is things that? are
0: huge. Have you seen the videos of those things making noise and stuff? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to F with that thing. No. 10.
1: 10 10 for the spoonbill, <laughs> it
3: looks like a muppet. <laughs> it does kind of look like a muppet.
0: Oh, uh, three,
1: three. Okay, <laughs> three. <laughs> probably should be a zero or a one, but I'll take three.
0: <laughs> they still have sharp. Oh, I mean, honestly, like, kind. Like probably a nine to be honest. I
1: I actually agree with you. If that thing walked by me on the street,
0: yeah.
1: I know he's nice and all that, but that's a 10 fucking foot tall yellow bird that talks.
0: You don't know who's in it. Yeah, you you don't know who's in that costume either. So no,
1: no, I agree with you. I am on board with that as a nine. Um that's a pelican.
0: Uh well, I've seen Nemo, so probably 4. This is so mean you guys.
3: <laughs> well, As no give, no, I got
0: the... to do one.
3: Well, I've got something for Rich after we're done with it with the the bird okay. tapestry.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, Larry legend. Uh I don't know, 7. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I had one. I have a couple more, but I, I feel like these are the chickens from Chicken Run. Oh, I love that
0: movie. They're made <laughs> of clay, though. They're, they, their beaks are not sharp. so.
1: <laughs> They're made of clay. Their They're beaks only not a pie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to be a pie. Like, that's just, <laughs> Chicken Run. That's a great movie. It's
1: a fantastic it movie. A fun movie. And finally, this
0: one. Uh... I don't know. He's he's like too energetic for his own good. I bet he says things like right now. So probably <laughs> probably like an eight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what that is, right?
0: Woody Woodpecker.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> says with confidence. That's why I put it in there. I wasn't sure if if you would know that. We were now, Rich and
0: I were talking about what it must have been like to be a child in the eighties earlier today. I don't know personally, but
1: yeah.
3: Yeah, 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 we get it, we get it. Young effervescence, we, we totally, totally understand. Now, Rich, just to be fair that's about That's why this, we sent the birds after you. Yeah. Do you have any irrational, either animal fears or just fears, phobias yourself? Because oh, I've I got, I got a couple I'll get into, but I wanted to ask you. Yeah, I, I, I had, I had this
2: lady. Yeah, <laughs> that's, she's terrifying, yeah. It's um, Beverly Cleary. Beverly Cleary. Beloved children's I, author. I had I had bees for a long time because when I was like probably five, I was out playing barefoot and I stepped on a bee and it was like probably the most traumatic uh, <laughs> moment of my childhood. So like well into my probably 20s, like I would still be like, there's there's a bee like, you know, you try to play it cool, <laughs> but I'd be like, there's there's a bee right here. Like, how's this going to go? Um, but I kind of got over that. But uh, I think that's probably what it was. And those what are they called? Um dragonflies. Those (laughs) those things actually call them that. (laughs) Yeah, they
0: do call them. I've heard those
2: things like when I was a little kid, those those were kind of creepy. Like I remember I'd be like in a like in a pool or something, and they'd be flying overhead, and I'm like what is that thing? Like, I'd never seen anything like that before. But um, I kind of—I I think those are harmless. So I'm—they're they're quite harmless. My, like, my there's literally is... no reason to be afraid.
1: Yeah, yeah, my big takeaway from your story, Rich, is that you had a pretty cush childhood. If stepping on a bee was the most traumatic thing that you went through. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right. Well, I mean, there was the jail time, but I mean, got over there. <laughs> but I was you guys were going to pull a photo of Chuck the Condor. I think that would have been great. Uh, oh, do. the I entire cell block had that. no bees. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I wasn't in cell block B. That's why. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> My big thing. Uh,
3: I used to have. I I currently have a really bad aversion slash phobia, whatever you want to call it, of both mold. And spider webs, like if I think that I have even touched a spider web, it freaks the shit out of I me, mean, I'll just be doing this, like trying to get rid of the all- <laughs> whole. I, I, I can't. I don't. I'm not scared of spiders at all. Like spiders don't frighten me in the slightest. But spider webs creep the hell out of me. Mold. I have like a gag reflex to seeing <laughs> mold. Thinking that I'm seeing mold, like I start coughing to the point where my daughter, who actually has a fear of vomiting, thinks that I'm going to throw up and it starts upsetting her. There's actually been a few times where I've been coughing and she started crying. Now she's at least reached a point where she thinks it's sort of funny. And I used to have a, a real aversion phobia to catch up. But once you have kids, you have to learn to deal with it because kids other than me as a kid put ketchup on everything.
4: Right. So you
1: just have to learn how to deal with it. But ketchup yeah. used to really upset me. Generally, generally speaking, the sort of prospect of expiring food really freaks oh, Andy out. Oh, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, my <laughs> favorite thing to do. He's call me and be like, So, like this has been in the kit like in my fridge for like like four days. Do you think it's still do you think it's okay to eat? And I'd say something like, It's probably fine.
0: It's not helpful. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, I'm sure, I'm sure it's okay. <laughs> like it's I think I think you're I think you're fine. Yeah, I think you'll no, be okay. Don't like that prospect at all. I didn't like those answers.
3: See, all that's right.
0: too much of a gray area. Just like we talked about, you have to be you have to get your messaging on point. And really, no, but that is it. his
3: message. He wants
1: to fuck with me. Like that's yeah. the message. <laughs> that, that's the whole point of. Can we it. We just toggle back and forth oh and just God. scare <laughs> Andy and scare Jordan simultaneously.
0: <laughs> I know it's not real, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that we get to take advantage of these of these technical features of the, of the platform. <laughs> yeah. um, what about this guy? <laughs> now that you guys
0: ask me this every single time <laughs> I'm on. What about this fella? This guy. Well, this
1: is Rich's first appearance.
3: Rich, yeah. if you're not if you're not aware, this guy with this not a joke was kindergarten. a kindergarten yeah. teacher. <laughs> who Got fired because his appearance,
2: they were concerned, might frighten the children. Yeah, no, I, I can't see why. Uh, I mean, <laughs> what, what's what's frightening about uh, that to a five year old? It's it not feels- it's
3: not like he's got a bee on his shoulder or anything. No, it, no, it, it I feels mean it's judgy. Not.
2: Yeah, he
0: looks yeah. like he has a bird tattooed on his head.
3: He might. Is it? Is that the only reason, Jordan, that he's not the man of your dreams?
0: <laughs> That's, Just it. That bird. <laughs> That's it.
3: My standards are there, low. There might, is that like an <laughs> owl
2: on his chest there? Like, what's in the middle of the chest going on there? The, it looks like an eyes. Eyes. Rich,
3: great <laughs> eyes. That is
0: an owl.
2: Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yes. Are we sure <laughs> about
0: that? Holding like, an right, orange.
3: Like, right where the, the chest. I know, I know
1: which part you're looking at. I yeah. No, I think Rich is absolutely right. That is an owl. Yeah. We need to find this guy and have him on the show. It
2: all ties together. Yeah, it's a it's a shame, Jordan. That's how and that
0: and that's how I met your father. No.
1: <laughs> Mom, tell us the story again. <laughs> when
3: you stared in when you stared into dad's tattooed eyes. <laughs> For real, he's got tattooed eyeballs. Oh yeah. my
4: god.
1: That's <sighs> right. The name what of the I, richest band in high school. I want to yeah. know what's the story.
3: By the way, with this one patch of skin <laughs> that he decided not to right. uh, get some ink on. Like, was it? Was he worried it was a little much?
2: Right. <laughs> I don't want to go overboard. Yeah, saving that for something special. <laughs> Tattoo the grandkids' names. That's, that's where he'll
0: write our vows. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: I just need to know. I need to know what font Jordan wants. <laughs> My name along the side. Right.
1: <laughs> least, yeah. As they say, there is a lid for every pot.
0: We <laughs> just <laughs> have to get this guy off of our screen. <laughs>
1: Yeah, have oh, yeah, yeah, nothing else, we'll go with the cone of shame. Oh, my God. Let's get, let's, let's get a palate cleanser here before we let everyone go.
0: Oh, uh, yes. Beverly. Beverly.
1: Beverly. Beverly. Still hundred years old, I Wow. Unbelievable. Yep. Unreal. That's the other photo. We show like the same three photos whenever George. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, except you guys deleted my Tucker photo, so. We, we did.
4: We
1: it. It was, yeah. send, send it back, I promise.
3: Uh, this is our dog, by the way.
0: Oh, I've mm-hmm. seen
3: I know. Andy's dog. Andy and I do not share a dog. No. It's our family dog. Nor do we have bunk beds. <laughs> All right. Rich Hammond, Jordan Rodrigue, 11 personnel podcast. They both do great coverage of the Rams at The Athletic. You should be subscribing. You should be reading. And uh, we have a feeling there's going to be a lot of off-season uh, material to be kept uh, a post. So there you go. Uh, There you go from LA Rams FC. Want to thank Jordan and Rich for their wonderful coverage this season. They are the best. They are the best. They are. We're the best right now.
1: Right now. And of course, Andy thinks like that should be like they think that we think they're the best until somebody better. (laughs) We have an opportunity to get better at the position, in which case we will.
3: And no, he
0: thinks that that should be said to our faces. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right? <laughs> Look, there's, there's going to be competition at every position, of course, along the athletic. Of
2: course,
3: exactly. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, if hmm. if they could trade one of you for like a seven-time Pulitzer
1: writer, then I mean, yeah, can you, you package Jitter Hammond for like David Aldridge? I don't know. God, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that guy's a, a leverage, He's already there, though. So, yeah, we're, we're, the,
3: but uh, the, like well, I the odds, odds of it happening though are low, right. which is why you are likely to see Jordan and Rich on the beat next season doing yeah. another great job.
0: Glad to be uh, ever your second choice. Uh, thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> our, you. You're not our
1: second choice. You've been. It's you like, realize, you, Jordan, you've been on this show more than anyone.
0: Second choice, wow. where there's little resources to be had to get the first choice. You know what bu-
1: you know so. bugs a lot that you've been on the show more? than Like Orem. He keeps asking. Oh, oh really? Good. Yeah. Good. I think you, you're giving <laughs> Orem all the jellies. Oh, it's, it's eating him alive. Oh. It is absolutely
2: eating him alive.
4: Hi, Bill.
2: <laughs> 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 he, he, he beat me in fantasy football this year in the final, so he, he needs to suffer a little bit.
0: He should have asked me for advice. God.
2: I do every week. Oh, no, you, you got listen listen about how to be go, on the show? You got when you when you start up in the fall, you, you have to bring Jordan on every Friday for fantasy football uh, uh content. She she loves it. <laughs> We've been through this.
1: <laughs> We're gonna
2: get her in a league this year. We tortured her with
1: with bird talk. We're not gonna go through the cam Akers thing again. It turns out she was right. So there you go.
0: Doesn't Rich have a great voice? I hear this actually. People will, will tell me this uh, after we file our podcast every week. It's great because I sort of just like drone on and Rich has like this really calming, like very firm voice. And it really brings something better.
1: Jordan, to our stop talking. It's time to wrap. <laughs> That's what Rich says at the end of every podcast.
0: I was like, "Okay, damn." No, no, no. Like- I was, I was playing, yeah, in, in hindsight, it was, you
1: understand now, I'm, and I explain the joke. What I was getting at, like in the podcast, but you're right. Yeah, I no, was I was no, you have really
0: to explain mean. the joke because I wouldn't have keep, gotten it. It
1: sounded up. really mean. By all means, Brian, keep explaining the
3: joke. <laughs> no, it was bad joke. It didn't work. It did not land. <laughs> I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can dig yourself out. All right. Tomorrow we've got Grant Goldberg. We're going to do some uh, talks some oh, NBA, some but also just NBA Twitter, social media. He's absolutely hilarious. You know his work currently from ESPN, but he's doing stuff I believe for Bleacher Report. You are familiar with uh, with the stuff that he does. So he's going to be on with us tomorrow, and then Friday. Uh, Andy, right, and Andy, Andy, Andy Lou and is Andy the same as Fendiari. Right. From so and don't want to say who yet, but it, we are hoping to open February with an incredible guest. It's yeah. not deadlocked yet, but we are
1: hoping that first to- week of February is pretty stacked.
3: Yes, but we are hoping February first we are opening with someone really, really. We'll see awesome. next
1: week too, but that first week yes. of
3: February. As, as soon as we are able to say for certain, we will let everyone know. Uh, Jordan Rich, again, thank you guys very much. Really appreciate it. You got it. Yeah. A lot of fun. And we'll you. See everybody tomorrow. Donkey need a